The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generals podcast this week for the Rock and Mortgage Classic. As usual, I'm here with Tyler Tambaline, a.k.a. the Canadian Pitbull, a.k.a. the GPP Master. Tambo, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. And before we get into it, I want to remind everyone this podcast is brought to you and presented by Rotogrinders.com. Head on over to Rotogrinders.com slash DJ get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. And with that said, I also want to say a big thank you to Roto-Grinders as this will actually be our last podcast as part of the Roto-Grinders network. We do have some big news that you'll absolutely want to stay tuned for at the end of the show. We're, you, you know we're going to tease that shit. We're not just going to give it to you right now. Uh, some huge news actually coming. So definitely stay tuned to the end. But Kenny, uh, we can't keep this thing a marathon like the playoff that was. The Harris English Kramer Hickok, we're going to play the same hole 17,000 times and not play the power four drivable. And I know the rules are set up in advance and it is what it is and it's golf and you have to stick to the rules. But the good news is, Kenny, I think the travelers will change that going forward because they are about their people. They're about their golfers, taking care of the community, the caddies, everything that's talked about. So I hope that they change that in the future. But it was still exciting to me. I I like that event. I thought it was incredible. The Bubba blow up. There's so many things to talk about, man. Talk to me about this event. Fuck. The Travelers Championship. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> okay, here's what happened to me this past week at the Travelers. First off, you, uh, in cash, okay, I had uh, three guys missed a cut on the number. Brendan Steele bogeyed the last three holes to miss the cut. Uh, Grillo made an amazing comeback, couldn't birdie any of the last three holes. He missed a cut on the number, and then you got fucking Streelman who double bogeyed 16. And missed the cut on the number. So first off, that's how my Friday went. Okay, that's how Friday went. I was pissed off already. Uh, so cash in the garbage, in the toilet, in the drain. Okay, but I had a GPP lineup. It was looking good. It was looking good. Sunday, as Bubba finishes the thirteenth hole and Henley finishes the fourteenth hole, I am in third place. In the $3 birdie, uh, $3,000, I have way more holes than the guys in front of me in first and second. So I'm looking like I got a chance, 10K. You know, I've had like, you know, 3,000 winner here, 5,000 winner here, 1,000 winner in GPPs. I had a bunch of, I had a 500 winner. I had a bunch of small little $100, $150 winners in showdown. Never had the five-figure one yet. Still haven't had that. 
after what fucking six years doing this shit, okay? <sighs> I'm, so, I'm just so angry about this still right now. I, I don't even know if I can talk about it. <laughs> Deep breaths. So Bubba, and then of course the two guys. My lineup. Uh, let me tell you. Here's the lineup I had. It was Cantley, Bubba, Hanley, English, Guido. And Hank the Tank. So Hank the Tank goes out and does his thing. All right. In, in, in the morning, fucking goes ham, makes that fucking beautiful bunker shot on 18, you know, gets into the top five. He was one of my favorite plays on the podcast last week. So hopefully you listened um, down there in the 6K range. Him and Kadira. Kadira did okay. Sort of fell a little bit on the weekend. Uh, Guido, I just went with, you know, people. I, I don't know much about him, but that Italian, you know, that Italian passion, it got me on him, right? Canley, I thought, you know, I liked him a lot. It's probably should have went Kepka because I said I was going to go Kepka. Of course, I faded Kepka, and I think he finished like third. Uh, that probably would have moved me up a little bit, also. But then Bubba goes and bogeys his last five holes. I go from third to 112th. In the $3 in the last hour of coverage. Had the winner. Had uh, had the winner. Fucking Henley, back-to-back doubles. Those two guys went 10 over, I think, in the last five holes. And I wanted to kill somebody. Like, I was like, okay. Uh, so so when, when Henley doubled, I was like, it dropped me like 11th or 12th. I was like, okay, uh, 600 bucks. I could take that. And then Bubba starts bogeying. 25th place, like 200 bucks. I'm like, uh, we're getting a little sketchy here. And then fucking bogey, 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 bogey. God damn it. I was so close. I was so heated. And the thing is, I kept it on the wraps. Like, anytime I'm that close, I usually, like, tweet it out. and like, sweat. And, like, you know, I'll go. And I was like, every time that's happened, I've never won. So I didn't say shit the whole weekend about this. Because I knew it was a fucking good lineup. Now, the only saving grace that should have been was I had English. English was 50 to one, had him on the podcast last week as one of my six bets, had him on my final card over at Gup's corner. So I go to DraftKings to see, you know, the money I've won and there's no money in there. It's the same amount of money I had last week. I was like, what the fuck happened? So I guess I forgot to click like when I added all the bets, I forgot to like hit the button. I just put the bets and the numbers in and it was in my bet queue all fucking week because I made the bet on Monday. I didn't check back because oh, I made the bets and I didn't add any more bets. Those are the bets that I went with. The ones that I went with on the fucking pod last week. So even though I had the winner, I didn't win a single fucking dollar because my dumb ass forgot to hit the fucking bet button for the fucking bets on fucking DraftKings. Fuck! That's how my week went. How was your week? No, Bubba heard a lot of feelings. It wasn't that bad, I can tell you that much, but there was definitely some sweat equity that was lost, even when people were fading English in the playoff because he could just lose to Kramer Hickok, who was just doing his thing, man. By the way, he became a serious fan favorite there when he was going down the stretch, being able to make all those six-footers, eight-footers, Pretty much everything that mattered, he made. Uh, and the couple that lipped out would have been for the win. So that's just heartbreaking for, for to see that for him. But at the same time, you know, Bubba Wetson, man, as soon as he got wet, it was all over. You mentioned it, bogey, bogey, double bogey, 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 just all the way out, made fun of himself after, said he can't wait to do it again next week. And by that, he means hopes that he can throw up on himself again like he did today because what a bad run out, man. That was just incredible. I haven't seen that in a while. Definitely tough to watch. Uh, I know a lot of people out there had Bubba tickets, People had lineups with Bubba that just disappeared off the map. They then, you know, thought they could make a little bit of money back. If just English could just lose in the playoff, that didn't happen. So I don't know, man, a lot of stuff. I will say Grillo did. He's exactly what we thought he was. I knew what he would do. He would lose a little bit of his approach game, which he did never have his around the green game and putter because he never does. And then miss the cut on the number just to hurt feelings there. So we'll definitely talk about that Uh, for this week. Funny Grillo stat. Um, Every time he shot under, I think he shot over par five times this season in the first round. He's 32 strokes better in the second round every time he shoots over par. Um, So, I mean, something to think about. Something to think about. I think the most 
the best he's the, the the worst he's shot is five strokes better after shooting over par in the first round. So I mean, something about it, the the guy just doesn't give up. You got to give him that. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's I good to it see. Just same as I always. thought it was. I thought it was over. You know, and then he comes back and he almost makes the cut, and then fucking Steele and Streelman. Oh, 16 through 18. Uh, yeah, the thing is, though, is like all the other stuff got there. Like, look at Answer. Answer was it was wrote off by everybody on Twitter on Thursday. Like always, he's done. He cannot win. There's nothing he's going to do. And then he comes back and puts up 105 DraftKings points in a st- in a standalone fourth place finish. Like you just can't write these guys off at these types of courses. It's just one bad day. And he's all the way back up, almost wins the thing. You know, top 11 under. It's a pretty solid week from Answer. So uh, and then lastly, my thoughts, you know, Ricky failure. The absolute worst. You know, we go back to this guy. At, by the way, he was also 7,300 like Grillo. So you'll like, try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the Grillo chalk. Try and go back to my guy, Ricky Fowler. See if you can actually show up for the first time, you know, in a long time at least and get the right price. I know we talked about his swing being back to his old one. You know, the girl dad stuff, everything. Absolutely terrible. New nickname, Ricky Failure. Just never coming through, man, in the clutch. And hurt a lot of lineups and feelings of my own that I had. So, the whole week was not good overall for me. It was, uh, you know, not the worst week, but definitely not a good week. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Uh, let's move on because that shit fucking pissed me off and I'm still angry about it now. Uh, so let's go to the listener league winner for this past week. Um, uh, let me get there. Uh, Nemeth 2 a little run pure uh avatar here you had patrick canley at 25 percent uh finished 13th abraham answer uh 32 percent owned 105 points finished in fourth nice comeback by him brian Harmon, one of my cornerstones uh he had 94 points 20 percent owned harris english one of my bets 20 percent owned 117 points of course he's the winner kyle stanley who made the cut uh, 10% owned, 68 points, finished in 54th. And Satoshi Kadaira, uh, who had that first-round lead, uh, sort of backed it out during the weekend, didn't do his thing. Uh, 4% owned, 72 points. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, imagine the day that when both those guys dropped their aces at the same time, pretty much. Answer and Stanley, double ace lineup. That's not easy to get, man. So uh, really nice lineup. like this guy a lot, actually. He's got a great first name, Tyler. And, uh, you know, he, he shouted us out on Twitter, said TOC bound, already got him into the league, going to join us in the three-man this week. But overall, lineup was solid. Uh, you know, answer, like I said, that bounce back. Cantlay, who I liked a lot up there at the top. Harmon, English. I guess this is the thing. You know, we've talked about this a lot uh, over on Roto-Grinders on the Monday show where I do the lineup reviews. But the chalk over 8,000 just continuously smashes in PGA. It's once you get below 8,000. It's always seemingly been this way, but it just seems to never end this season so far. And I don't think this week is going to be any different when we obviously talk about Bryson, but uh, you know, good for Nemeth O2 excited. He'll be in the three man this week. And then got to give a shout out, man, to eighth place only because he just got second last week. That's tough to do, man. Back to back top 10 T fed our guy finished in eighth place after trying to take this thing down last week. Coming well, he's up one before short, two. He's one before two, right? Maybe he has. Yeah, I think there was a, the week that he won like 100 Gs plus. He probably won it that week. But I know yeah. he said he was trying to take this thing down the last couple here and he was trying to get after it. And second and eighth back to back is pretty solid. This is still to me the hardest one. I've never, I don't even think come top 20 in this thing yet. 23rd, I think, is my best finish ever, which is embarrassing. But way she goes. So yeah, we can move on. Shout out to Nemeth 02. He'll be in the three man this week. We'll get that thing rolling. All right, so let's get to this week because I don't want to talk about the Travelers Championship ever again until next year. So the PGA Tour heads to Detroit, Michigan for the Rocket Mortgage Classic from Detroit Golf Club. They just got the number one pick in the draft, too, I think. Uh, This is the third iteration of this event, so we're starting to get a feel of how this course plays. You know, the last two years have been an absolute absolute birdie fest. You know, Nate Lashley won by six strokes, scored 25 under in 2019. Uh, The course is wet and soft. Uh, due to frequent rain leading into the event. And while the rough was still around three and a half inches, it didn't stop golfers from, you know, breaking out the big stick off the tee. Same last year, Bryson and Wolf torched the course and 11 golfers shot 15, 15 under or better. Uh, the weather looks a bit stormy. So what conditions are in play? So we should see something like we did a couple of years ago. It's going to lead to a, a lot of darts thrown uh, either from the green or either from the fairway or the rough doesn't really matter. Uh, these guys are just going to pound it out there, have wedges 
and, and hit it close. Um, usually in these type of events, a hot putter gets the job done. So this causes a lot of volatility, especially when it comes to DFS. Uh, basically, the event is wide open and long shots are definitely in play, uh, especially when considering how short the course is. Uh, bombing will help, but don't let, you know, it's 7,300 yards. Don't let that length fool you. The par fours only average around 420 yards in length. And, uh, and, uh, there's two short par threes and two shortish par fives. So short knockers with hot putters are definitely in play. Uh, uh, Detroit Golf Club was designed by Donald Ross and has the usual trademarks of a Ross course with tree-lined fairways, numerous fairway bunkers in a, in a tee-shot landing zones, undulating fairways and greens, and, and a and somewhat blend of longish and shorter holes. Uh, the course is a 7,300-yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Two of the par fives are around 550 and should be reached in two by most golfers that hit the fairway off the tee. Uh, the par 517th, a bit longer. Uh, 577 yards, but still should be drivable in two with a strong drive. Uh, the par five fourth is well over 600 yards and will probably be a three-shot hole for most, except for, you know, Bryson, uh, maybe Wolf too. Two of the par threes are on the shorter side and two are well over 200 yards. Seven of the par fours range from 395 to 455 yards. Two range from 465 to 480 yards. And one of the par fours is close to 380 yards. Uh, with four par fives and several longer par fours, I'd, say, I'd expect to see driver pulled out on close to half the holes each round. The average distance off the tee here has been much higher uh, than normal tour events, like 16 yards more than normal t- uh, than the average uh, tour event. Off the tee, golfers will see many straight holes. There's not that many dog legs with slightly below average fairway widths and fairway bunkers in the landing zones. Uh, The fairways have a bit of undulation on them, so many approaches will come with awkward stances, and if golfers miss the fairway off the tee, they'll have to deal with three-and-a-half-inch rough and some trees. Uh, The rough hasn't led to tough scoring conditions, as I spoke about earlier. The winning score the last two years was minus 25 and minus 23. If golfers miss wildly with their driver, they could catch a break as drives that miss by 20-plus yards could land in fairways on other holes, uh, leading to uh, fairly easy iron shots over the trees. Uh, on approaches, golfers will see less than average size greens with bunkers surrounding most of them. The greens slope heavily from back to front. This is a, a Ross, Donald Ross staple uh, with a stint meter rating of around 12.5. The majority of all approaches will be from inside 150 yards, so strong wedge play is going to be a must. The POA, bent, the POA and bent grass blended greens have heavy undulations, so it could be tough punting week for some, depending on how difficult they make the pin locations. Uh, if you're looking for correlated courses, Sedgefield uh, and Eastlick are the two other Donald Ross courses played each year. I know reading um, Sundog Monkey Martin's uh, article this week, he says there could be something with the Greenbrier. Uh, so check those courses out for correlation. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Lots of scoring. Yeah, you mentioned it like last year for sure. Bryson and Wolf just made it look easy. No real trouble. Lots of par fives, scoring for days. Uh, you know, and it does go with what we're going to talk about for this week, just from, from a strategy aspect, because the biggest conversation we get to Bryson here in a second will be what to do there with, you know, how you're going to load up, how hard you're going to go, how aggressive, whatever, with your your take on them. But uh, like last week, Aaron Wise finished T66 and only finished with 11 less DK points than Jason Day, who finished T10 with 20 birdies for wise. And we're going to have the same sort of setup here. You just talked about weather, throwing darts. If there's going to be a little bit rain down early, we could even see, and we'll see what the weather says as the week goes on. But if Thursday morning is going to be clean a place could be, and that's what I'm saying. So you've got these guys out there throwing darts can alleviate some of the necessity of having a hot putter, at least out of the gate. Anybody who gets a hot start can usually bring that confidence across and we'll see how it goes in round two for them, but it's always nice to have a hot start. So uh, lastly, Kenny, I'll say this just from a strategy perspective, you did mention it a little bit, but I think, it's everybody's in play, but you know, you're going to, we're going to say Bryson's going to win this thing, but everybody's in play. And so I remember this from last year and Wolf, I know this year is 9,100. He was like 6,800 last year, something stupid and ended up being up there. And I believe it was like only Harris English. That was the only other guy. It was like Bryson Finau and English. I think were the three from nine K and up. So similar to this year, there was like 10 guys, 11 guys, and only three of them even made the cut. And then what happened was everyone had all their money used up. And so you kind of were forced into just one build. You either had Bryson, Finau, English, and, and Wolf, or you had some three-person three per setup of those four guys. And that's kind of what you needed to be in the hunt. So if you come down to it here, you don't have to use all those guys. Like you could go Bryson with five guys averaging 7,500 
and leave a thousand bucks on the table and be just fine. We'll talk about some of that as we go through it. But a lot of these guys are at inflated price tags just because they have to be right. It's the way it's set up like uh, Bryson's 11, four, and then just dips down from there. But there's a lot of guys at some higher price tags here. Yeah. I would definitely think about leaving some money on the table. I think that's going to be a good idea because I mean, like first off last week, I think the, uh, after the first round, the optimal lineup was like 40,000. <laughs> I, I think we could see something like that uh, again this week. I don't, I, I wouldn't count out anybody in this field because it, first off, it's a weak field and the course just sets up. I mean, these guys are pros, you know, I mean, even the guys in the six K range, they're fucking good golfers. You know, they get on the course, we can just unload the driver and throw darts with wedges. And I mean, it's going to be a putting contest. That's what this is going to be. And these are always the hardest to decipher, um, you know, because there's so many people in play and it just depends on a hot putter. And that's, you know, one of the hardest things to fucking try and figure out when you're on, when you're, when you're making your DFS lineup. So um, we'll see how it goes. And Brooks said that last week too. Just thinking back to last week where Brooks had a pretty good week for himself, like you said, but he mentioned that he, he finally sort of spoke out about his success in majors. And he, again, he wiped, you know, 70% of the field out like he always does, but it made sense. Like he said, that's the thing it's there. I, I have more discipline because I know if I just play my game and stick to my mental game and discipline that there's people that can't even be in it. It's just too hard of a course. They're not going to be in it ever. Even if they are as disciplined as they possibly can be, their game's not good enough on top of that at these events like last week and even this week where there's going to be lots of scoring and things happening out there. It doesn't really matter if you have your entire game on point it still is a little bit of a challenge because you are fending off the 63s and 64s that these guys are just so talented that they can throw out there and even better in some cases possibly. So yeah, it's definitely a a course that's going to be got. And I think we've only seen two years of it, but both years showed us, you know, Lashley 25 under Bryson 23 Uh, expect to see the same here, especially if we do get that weather coming in and be able to have a little bit more wet conditions on Thursday morning. Yeah, let's get to the tiers this week. We got Zalatoris all the way up to Bryson. I'll start. Bryson's my first cash game cornerstone. Um, I, I, it just it just makes sense to me. Uh, the guy is just going to pound it out there, do his thing. His wedge play has been a little bit better uh, here recently, and it, it's still not great, but it, it, it's not, it's, it hasn't been horrible like it was at certain points uh, earlier in the season than last year. So, um, I mean, I'm just going Bryson, Bryson and cash. Uh, rarely ever do I go up to the highest golfer, uh, price golfer in cash, but it just makes too much sense this week. Uh, I don't see a way around it. Uh, and I'm going with him as my first cash game cornerstone. And the other guy I'm going to play is Webb. Uh, I think he had a top 10 here last year. Um, I mean, the guy does really well in easy courses. If you look at him in easy courses, give me a second here to pull it up uh, on easy courses. He is, I think second best golfer uh, behind uh, okay, he's, he's actually number one uh, on easy courses uh, in the last 50 rounds. So I do like Webb a lot and I'll play him a bunch this week where you going. I, I'll probably play one more. Uh, I'm thinking Hideki. We'll see how I go, but I mean, I'm definitely going to play these two uh, guys this week. And I think uh, Bryson and cash, you know, I probably still have, usually I keep my limit in my cash game guys, 20%. I'll probably, up at the 30% for him uh, this week and then put a bunch on web. Yeah. I'm still in on Bryson. Like you just said, it's more of a, how much are you going to play of him? Because I, one thing I do hate about DraftKings when they do their pricing like this is if he's plus 70 and they do utilize Vegas odds for a lot of what they're doing with their pricing, you can obviously see that correlation in the breakdown across the board, but why is he not like 14,000 and just make it awkward, make him 14,000, keep reading everyone else where they're at. And that's the bottom line. He's that in Vegas. He's that on DraftKings. Like, that's what it should be like. And I kind of hate that because now it's like you, you almost just have to lock up. It's like DJ back in the day at the RBC Canadian Open. He can make mistakes here and still win by five. I'm not saying that's what's going. It's just what I, I feel with Bryson. I was against it last year thinking maybe there's a way, possibly. But there's just no defense for this guy here. And his game is just still so solid. Like last week, he didn't even play good and he was still up there. I know Brooks got the best of him again because at the U S open, he fell apart at the end and would have had Bryce or Brooks there. It didn't work out. He came second to Bryson in in the battle of two in that what I'm talking about. And then last week was the same thing. Brooks came T five and Bryson was a little bit behind. I also think the big thing about this course is, you know, how short it is. And plus there's four par fives. He's going to crush four par fives. Anytime he's there. And when there's no, nothing to stop him. He's yeah, just going to crush. He's going to crush those. And the thing is, like, if he goes buck wild, like, 
this the way this course is set up, like all the fairways are like right next to each other, uh, with a little bit of tree line in between. So, like I said, if you miss, if he goes buck wild, misses about like 20, 30 yards, uh, the fairway, he's gonna land up in another fairway. He's on another, fu- yeah, on another fucking, on another hole. It should be fourteen k. Have should be have sand wedge or pitching wedge in his hand and just fly it over the trees and land it on these soft greens. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go big on Bryson. That's the bottom line, just to keep it moving. And then the other thing you mentioned there, I love the web call because you already talked about on easy courses, but even even using like you mentioned Sedgefield, right? That's his spot. We know that. So I'll definitely go with some web here just to be a little bit unique at the top. Hideki would be my third choice. And I never have interest in Hideki over 10K, as you know, but this might be the only spot that I could probably stomach it. And only because of what follows behind him, this 9K range, even Willie Z at 10K, this could be a spot for him to get his W. I don't hate it, but I just like the other three better above him. And then when you go below, this is just names on paper that just have to be forced in at these prices and you can start in the nine K range. If you want, I'll get your thoughts first, but uh, yeah. they just, they just have to be here and they're good. They're names, but to me, they're not exciting and I'm going up top instead. Yeah. I, I'm not going too much. Kokrak and Wolf. Those are the two guys I'm going to play here. That's probably about it. Uh, the thing again, you know, Kokrak good on par fives. Um, it makes a ton of birdies. Wolf. We'll see if he's truly back. Uh, you know, hopefully he is uh, and I'll be able to take a risk on him. But the other guys in this range, I'm just not in. And it's, I think it's going to be a uh, a dead zone for ownership. So if you want to go contrarian, this could be the place to go. But, I mean, who do you go with, Bubba? Neiman, maybe? Neiman, Neiman, Neiman think- maybe? Maybe. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to play. I don't, if I'm going to – it depends. I, either, it's going to be Hideki or Neiman for my third guy. I don't know about Willie Z. He's sort of fallen off the last couple of times. We'll see if he can get back to his normal – his normal way of playing it. We've seen him over the last few months, but I do, 10K I, for him. Go yeah. ahead. No, I'm with you on the 10K there. I just I was going to say, I do like the, the, the Neiman, a little bit of the Neiman narrative with the Greenbrier. I could see that, but again, it's just betting on the long-term talent of him. Uh, he, he hasn't had like a top 10 in forever. I man. know that's what well, I was just going to say that, but the challenge I have is that everything we're banking on for Neiman over his form is that months ago, like literally almost a year ago, he got second twice. And he sat on a bench eating chips with Sergio Garcia and, you know, didn't go out and close. So all I'm saying is it's like, we keep betting on this guy, but he hasn't done as much as you may think, right? 36, 31st, miscut, 50th, 30th, 18th. Like where are the results that are going to pay off 9,800? So I really struggle with it. Like I said, I'm already good with Bryson Webb Hideki up at the top. I, I guess even Wolf, the only good thing about Wolf is that, he has been struggling and you know, the U S open was a little bit of a bounce back, but then right back to the same thing. And, and I kind of just think his headspace at the U S open, he even said it was that he can suck here and it will go unnoticed. Cause a lot of people are going to suck at the U S open. And so that kind of helped him. The one thing about here, going back to a spot that he just came in second at last year uh, was still way up the board. He was in second place, three back of Bryson, but he was still up the board over the rest and had himself a great week. Maybe that could help him, but I don't know. And, and then Keegan, at 9K, I always just got a little bit of love for guys like him in this spot for the flop leg candidacy because, you know, stats still line up across the board. I, I think Keegan could still show up. And if he goes out there, I got to wait and see for the tee times. But if he's going out first thing Thursday morning, you know, first round leaders on the table. So uh, maybe that can always go full Keegan the second day. But uh, I'm in on Kokrak, who you mentioned, and Bradley. That's really all I kind of like in this range. Yeah, I mean, Kokrak's the one guy that I'll, that I'll probably focus on more than anybody else. Do you, do you think uh, he'll get love here, range. though? I know I know he's got two wins this season, and now he's starting to pick up steam, but he's still priced at 9500 feels like people won't want to play him as much, but I think he's still a great player. Like, 9500 is fair for what he's been doing this season. Yeah, I mean, if people are going to start with Bryson, it's going to be – you could still put Kokrak in there. Uh, maybe. We'll see how it goes. I'm not the ownership guru. I depend on other people for that. Uh, so uh, I'll check it out on Wednesday. But, I mean, I, I, I don't – Either way, I think I'm going to play him uh, yeah. this week. He, he's the one guy. Let's move on to this 8K range. My second Cascade Cornerstone is in this range, and it was between Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Kisner. Um, I think I'm going to go Kisner. Uh, a second here, I, I think he has a top to top five here last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not second, but he, he was up here uh, before. Maybe it wasn't last year. Maybe it was the year before. Uh, but the, the guys played well here before in the past. He's coming off a really strong Sunday. We love those Sunday solid finishes. Um, you know, shorter guys definitely have come. 
done well uh, at this course. Uh, so I, it looks like his game is slowly starting after like five straight missed cuts, you know, 40th missed cut, 55th and 5th. I mean, it's not great, but you're not going to get great in this field. Uh, so you're going to have to make some decisions, especially in cash. So I'm going to go Kisner. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. As my second cash game cornerstone, uh, I like Hoffman, too. The numbers just all line up for him. Uh, I'm a fan of him. And again, I'm just... This AK range not the biggest. Maybe a little Homa bounce back for Homa. Uh, I could see that, but again, this is that's why I think the ownership on Bryson is going to be fucking insane. Um, and I don't mind going Bryson and like a bunch of seven K guys, like you said, because I do like guys in the seven K range. I think they make a lot more sense. Oh, I- I'm sorry, I do like Gary Woodland. Um, I forgot to mention him. I think 8600 is a little cheap for him. I know he hasn't been great, but what, three top 10s, three top 15s in his last, like, eight events. Uh, I can go back to Woodland uh, in this place. I think his 55 to 1 number is sort of disrespectful. Uh, you know, and, and him being priced below Ricky Fowler, sort of disrespectful. <laughs> uh, so I, I like I like Woodland uh, in this range. So, I, so, so Kisner, Cornerstone, Hoffman, and Woodland in this range for me. There's a lot of guys priced below Ricky Fowler that are, it makes it disrespectful. Gosh, yeah. it's so bad. But uh, I don't think I'm chasing Jason at the top here. Jason Day's 8,900, had himself a decent week, but didn't really score. And uh, it was sort of a place for him to show up. He still looks ginger as fuck trying to get that ball out of the hole after he eventually does make a putt. He's still not putting as he was Jason, as if he's Jason Day from back in the day, which he's certainly not. And then uh, I like the Charlie Hoffman call. I know you're sort of between guys there, but I do like Hoffman. Uh, one thing about Hoffman is he's just plays these like this from a scoring perspective, second in birdies are better gained and third in DK points over the last 50 rounds. So I think he's a guy that can show up. We like him. I, well, there is a lot of par fours. There's a lot of par five, sorry, four of them. There's a lot of par fours that are sort of in his wheelhouse in his range that he likes to crush. So uh, I'm good with that. And then we like Hoffman on some par fives as well. So I'm, I'm in on him. The Homa thing is, you know, Kisner I'm in, but the Homa thing, we got to make sure we talk him up real good just so he can be extra chalk here, Kenny and fail for everyone. Uh, really, really nicely because he's number one in birdies are better and par five scoring over the last 50 rounds. He's number two in DK points. And my, Mayo tweeted it today about the, the home spike week. I'm not sure if you saw this, but he, he finished 10th place, missed two cuts, finished sixth place, missed two cuts, finished sixth place, missed two cuts. So here we know he's got to finish sixth or better. Right. And it's a good yeah, spot yeah. for him to bounce back. Like he, he's said. like, he's so, like the new, he's like the new Bubba. Uh, yes. he just It's just like boom or bust uh, <laughs> with him. And shout out to it's, Pat Mayo. Big fan of Pat Mayo. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, I, it's just, I, I don't know what to make him. I'll probably roster him because what am I going to do? Just roster like seven guys above 8K? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like, you know. I'm playing I mean, home. I, I don't yeah, care. It's yeah. narratives aside. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but at the same time, I do like the fact, I, I always like guys like that. Bubble was an example last year. We say boom or bust. But if he shows up and does this thing, and obviously he had a different history there than we're talking about with Homa, but the whole point would be that you you know what you're getting. And if he does go through and make it happen, and there's so many of my guys like that in the field that I'll get to when I go down. Uh, Grillo, number one flop leg candidate of the year. Did, did exactly what I said. I already talked about it earlier as chalk just lost a bit of his approach game and that's all it takes with him. And then he had to grind and he almost got there. But here, I think we could see a different story. And then also uh, Tringali right underneath him. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I think I might be on Phil this okay. week. This seems like this seems like a Philip hefty course where you can just pound it the fuck out there, no matter where the fuck it goes, you know, yeah. uh, and, and then use his wedge game, and hopefully his putter goes well. No, uh, I would this, say to that? Seems, this seems like a Phil week to me. 
I know exactly what I would say to that. It's extremely disrespectful that he's cheaper than Ricky Fowler because Ricky Fowler still hasn't won a major and Phil just won one a couple of weeks ago in a field that's the longest course in major history. So it's extremely disrespectful that Phil is 8,000 and Ricky Fowler is 8,700 with that said. So I don't hate that call. Back to Grillo and Tringali, both of them right out. As far as the birdies are better, DraftKings scoring, uh, all the stats that line up for this course, those guys do make a lot of sense. Tringali's just been a better golfer. We've talked about that for weeks on here. And Grillo, like I said, just still worth going back to. I don't think he's going to lack the ownership because these days people just go back and play the same guys every other week. But I do think he'd be fine. Uh, from there, I'll take us through, I guess, the top from 8K down just because I'm kind of lumping these guys together. But Siwoo Kim... Brendan Todd, Redmond, Glover, HV3, this next range of 7,800 to 8,000, that's an extremely risky range to me. There's nobody there that just pops off the page and says, I got to have them. I kind of like those guys above. Like I mentioned, Homa, Grillo, Tringali, even Phil, your call there. Like I'd rather try out, try those guys on. Redmond definitely can go back to, but I think he's going to get love just because I believe he came second here two years ago, 21, the, the first time they played it, and then 21st last year. And then he's shown a little bit. Lately, you know, the second place a couple times back. I can't remember where it was at. Maybe the Palmetto. But, yeah, uh, Redmond will probably get popular, but I could see that. But the two guys I really like are Straka and McNeely. Um, you know, Straka could get love as well. They can't play. No one, no one can play everyone here, so I think this will be spread out in this range. But 8th and 11th here the last two years, coming off of a 10th place that no one probably even knew he was in the field last week, for that matter, and he still got 10th. So I do like that. And then McNeely. I hope he doesn't get too popular. We've liked him for a long time, but he's definitely been quoted as saying, likes the course, the setup. Uh, eighth here last year, scores in bunches, coming off of a couple good results finally. So I think he makes a lot of sense. And I guess I you know, don't love it if he's going to be extremely popular, but you know, going back to Stanley, he keeps showing just a little bit. So ball strikers can score. I, I could go back to him as well at 7,600. That's sort of where I'm at in the upper 7K range. What about you? Third cash game cornerstone. Giuseppe Straka. I know that's not his real name, but I've been on this <laughs> Italian kick here recently. I've been watching Gamora on uh, HBO Max. If you haven't seen that show, it's fucking amazing. Uh, like something like 68% of households in Italy watch that show every week. It's like bigger than Game of Thrones. Anyways, uh, uh, I like I like Sub Straka. He'll be my third cash game cornerstone uh, this week. Uh, he also, real quick, if anyone knows where I can find the immortal uh it's if you've watched gamora i need to find that movie somewhere uh it's about chiro who if you like i said if you watched it, it, it this guy he's like a, basically like never dies it's like the prequel to the show hit me up that's why i love this pod i can ask for shit like that because it's my fucking show but anyways seb straka he's been playing pretty good golf here recently uh actually at this course more often than not, uh, I think two consecutive top tens coming off a top ten last week. Uh, I mean, that's good enough for me in a field like this, course form and a little bit of current form. I'll go on because it's tough when you get down here. Um, I do like Alexander Norin a little bit. I think he's going to be the uh, the sort of the uh, lower own guy in this range, and you know he's fourth in strokes gained total in the last 50 rounds on easy courses. Uh, so I, I, I know we've always had this thing about Alexander Norton where he plays tough courses hard. Uh, he plays easy courses, or does he plays tough courses well? I mean, he plays easy courses pretty well too, at least when it comes to this. He's fifth in DK points on easy courses in his last 50 rounds. So I like uh, Norton as sort of like a uh, low-owned guy in this range that can win you a GPP. Um, a big fan of him this week. Uh, I like Doc up top. I'll play Doc. Uh, and then just going down a little bit more. God, it sort of makes me sort of sick that I'm gonna, I want to play him. But Ryan Armour at $7,500. I'm going to play good golf. Short course specialist. Uh, so I like Ryan Armour. I like this middle range a lot. I like Pat Perez. Uh, if you look at Perez here recently, his numbers have been sort of popping. Uh, but seventh and birdies are better gained in the last 12 rounds. Seventh and strokes game par five. Uh, 11th and draft game points. 15th and strokes game tee to green. Uh, Pat Perez, someone that I'll be looking at uh, this week a lot, along with Ryan Armour in that middle range. This seems also seems like an EVR course. Uh, with, Van Royen, I think he WD'd. 
Oh, did he? Okay, I'll double check. You keep going, okay. but I'll, I'll double check. Okay. I'm almost positive. Well, then I'm going to go to Willett. Uh, somebody, again, another low-owned guy. Not many people are going to play. Uh, I like Danny Willett in GPPs a lot this week. Hank the Tank. I'm going back. He, he almost helped me win the GPP. Well, it wasn't for fucking Bubba and Henley. But uh, I like Hank the Tank. been playing real good golf here recently. I, I'm a big fan of Hank this week. I want to play KH Lee. The last time the, the PGA uh, Tour went to a really easy course, what was it, Byron? And he won. Uh, so I'll go back to him. No one's going to play him either. Uh, so I like him down in that lower range. What about you there, Tamo? Yeah, I was just going to say, so EVR did withdraw. I was correct in that. And Ben Martin got in. I saw that from earlier today. Uh, what happened to Cage Lee? Didn't he just play in the Travelers and like dominate for three rounds and then disappear? Yeah. So 69, 64, 69, 80. <laughs> so yeah. I'll definitely go back to that. I think, you know, that's one bad round. It's unfortunate, but playing some good golf. But some of the names you mentioned, so I like the Noren call. Quite a bit, a good par five score as well. He was up there at the top. I missed him. I don't mind the Perez call before his recent miscut. It was a string of like top 40s or top 35s, and he can score uh, definitely. And then uh, Chris Kirk, another guy. Kirk, Kirk, Kazire, these are two guys I think that have pretty fair prices here with some upside. And I love the Willett call. I forget what happened with Willett. Was it at the US Open or something where he had to withdraw because of COVID and then? Everyone wanted to play him and then we couldn't, but now he's back and just no one's going to remember him or talk about him. So uh, I can't remember what had happened there, but last time out was at the Memorial finishing 26th over here. So I do think he's an interesting play that no one will really go back to there. Um, Munoz has upside. So here's where we get into it. My guys, Munoz, Cam Davis, uh, who else? Uh, trying to see here down the bottom, Joel Damon and Doug Gim. So basically all four of these guys, even Lanto, who was up there at 7,500, just guys that can go extremely low. They're the ones that I'm talking about earlier on that can be your Aaron Wises of the week. You know, Damon could throw up a, a 64 and a 65 after, you know, and then have a rough Saturday and come back out and throw, throw up another 65 on Sunday just because and have himself a pretty good week, but score tons of DraftKings points for you. So this is why, like I said, and I'm with you, you mentioned it too, just being able to pepper this range with these guys, Troy Merritt, you and I have talked about this guy a little bit, the past little bit here. He's been making cuts, can go low at times, finished eighth here last year. Nobody likes to play Troy Merritt. He shows up at all like the Stableford event that, you know, he shows up there. He shows up at Corrales, places where you go low and score yeah. and, and just like crush. And so at 7,100, he's a guy that, again, like there, what's the difference between him and playing a guy like, who, I don't know, uh, you know, we talked about some of the guys, Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover, Harold Varner, like they're, you can just leave that 700 bucks on the table and go down to a guy like him and hope that he has his normal week that we just talked about where he goes out and goes low. So uh, I like him. I don't think I'll go back to Bryce Garnett after he gained like 14 strokes putting and lost strokes in every other category and then still managed to crush for the week. So probably avoid that. But He's uh, a short I'm, course master, just like Brian uh, Ryan Armour. Anytime you see Ryan Armour up there, it's, He's like, it's like Armour and Garnett are like the mini Rom and Palmer. <laughs> they, they, always seem to, they always seem to play well at the same event. So we'll see. I, I was thinking about him a little bit. I do like a Munoz call a lot. That guy's been, uh, I think you could get him for a first round leader if he, if he goes um, off in the morning. I, I do. I do bet. like that bet. And I like a top 20 on him as well. I was gonna, we'll yeah. talk about bets later on, but I'll tell you uh. what. It's either like bet four guys or, or I don't even know, man. I might just put every dollar on Bryson besides the couple that I bet this morning. First thing, just random long shots. I only did two, but I do like Munoz for a top 20 there. That makes a lot of it's sense. It's just so hard for me to bet someone at seven to one. Like, do you know how hard yeah. it is to win a golf tournament? I mean, it makes sense. Put all the and, money on yeah. it. Yeah. So I'd, like to, I'd, I'd rather just spread it out. I got six bets, but like a lot of them are over, more than half of them are over a hundred to one. All right, so let's go to the six carries. Tambo, I got a question for you. Who has been the best golfer from 100 to 150 yards in the last 50 rounds in this field? Don't look. Don't look at your your sheet. I don't even have it up. Guess. No, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to Take think. Guess. No, no idea, man. You tell me. Satoshi Kodaira. I would have never got that. My my final cash game cornerstone, best in the field from 100 to 150 yards in the last 50 rounds. You're looking at like 50 to 55% of all approaches coming from that range. The guy has been making mad cuts 
Uh, he fell off a little bit on the weekend, but that's fine. Uh, at $6,800, his price hasn't changed from last week. I'll use him as my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Bryson, Kisner, Straka, and Kadira. Damn, that's, that's not great. But, but that's what I'm rolling with uh, this week. It still leaves you like 15600 left. And my f- initial cash lineup has $500 left on the table. I rarely ever leave money on the table if it is like 100 200 in cash um a lot of times just straight 50k uh not this week not this week i'm going 500 less at least right now uh we'll see if that changes but other guys i do like in this 6k range i'm gonna play a little bit of patrick rogers he's been showing glimpses usually falling off on the weekend but showing some glimpses so i don't mind him i like austin eckroat uh, the guy has uh, some pretty good finishes here, both on the Corn Ferry and on the uh, the PGA Tour. I think he finished what twelfth in my Cobra or something like that uh, earlier this year. Young guy, not many people know about him. Really good with his wedges. Really good on short par fours. Uh, so I like a little bit of Austin Eckroat. Shout out to um, Todd Fulton. Travis Fulton out there. He had me on him last week. He did okay. Um, Scott Piercy, another guy I'm going to play. Like, stat-wise, the guy's been fucking balling uh, here recently. Um, crushing par fives. Last 12 rounds uh, in this field, he's first in birdies or better gain and first in DraftKings points. Sign me up for a guy at $1,600. I know it's a short sample, and I'll probably shit the bed, but what else are you going to do? You got to look for shit down here, you know? Will the thrill Gordon? I'll play him down uh, here at 6,600. Um, Whaley, I'll probably go back on him. He made another cut last week, right? So he, what has he made, like 11 or 12 cuts now? Uh, he could be good down there. Robbie Shelton, uh, another guy I like down here. Um, uh, Ted Potter Jr., I'll play him. Fuck it, 6,300. The guy, I don't know. For some reason, he just comes up in these short fucking courses, like out the fucking blue. So so I'll go him a little bit, little John Park. Uh, at 6,300, I'll play him. So there's uh, Tyler McCumber, 6,200, I'll play him. So there's going to be, a, there's a good amount of guys down there that you can play. So that's why I think it's a lot, a little bit easier. And I do like your point. If It would make it more difficult if Bryson was like 14K. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, this uh, is still the same thing. I think it's what's, if Bryson fucks off, we're done. I'm done at least because this is what I'm saying. There's so many guys down here that I can run out and just leave a thousand to the, whatever you got to leave on the table. There's all these guys you just mentioned, especially after they, you know, a bunch of them are corn fairy guys for the most part that just watched their boy Kramer Hickok go out and try and do his thing. You got to get some motivation from that. Uh, I'll give you some other names, Kenny, but one real interesting thing about Austin Eckroat. I listened to that last week, you and Travis Fulton on the stripe show pod shout out Travis Fulton. That's an awesome podcast. And he did, you guys did it well there. I like that. But he mentioned that he'd been following along with Eckroat and some of the coaches there and all that. Do you want to know the craziest little unknown tidbit about Austin Eckroat though, Kenny, you'll, you just got me on Kadira. Do you know who Austin Eckroat lives with? Who? You probably won't guess it. Former teammate, former teammate, Victor Hovland, who by the way, just won on the Euro tour in Germany this past weekend. So talk about it. Yeah, that's, that's huge coming in. You got to think he's fired up when, when, when Hovland won the Mayakoba, Eckroat came 12th. That's what you talked about. That's who you're mentioning. So you got to think he's going to be fired up coming in off of that. So I like a little Austin Eck goat at 6,700. I like, I like the motivation. What Hovland's, I like what Hovland's doing. He's becoming like John Rahm. Win a couple over there. Win a couple over here. Win a couple more over there in Europe. Win a couple more over here. I, I like that route by Hovland. I think I, I was pretty impressed with what he did last week. And then Kymer went fucking buck wild in the last day trying to catch up. Oh, yeah. But didn't work. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. Little Euro oh. Tour stuff, and, and maybe we'll have to talk more about Euro Tour since we'll be working with some guys who talk about the Euro Tour. That's uh, right. The, the teases keep going here. I'll give you some teases, other guys. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Rogers; he was the first on my list. Always going to take him in a week like this, where just again, and he compounded out there. Everything else lines up, but then the upside is there at sixty nine hundred. Warensky, Neesmith, Nick Taylor, Hoagie, to name a few. So that's uh, a couple guys here. One, a couple other guys I want to mention though: uh, Seifert and McCarthy. I think uh, those guys are interesting to take some shots on down here. My Canadian brethren, Roger Sloan, pretty solid on par fives, can make the cut, go from there. You mentioned about Whaley. That's, you know, you can always go back to that here. And then 
couple guys that you'll know, get your thoughts on, Kenny. First one's Cameron Champ. Uh, 12th year last year, no real form this year, but I feel like at 6,700, I know he's the same price as Ekro, who we already feel like we're all in on, but uh, Cameron Champ could be this year's Wolf, right? Super cheap, of course, not much defense for his type of game. Obviously, he's got to hit a little bit better approach shots and make some putts, but that's priced into his, his salary at 6,700. So I think Champ is just a talent that we could definitely see bounce back or come out of nowhere and do well here. So I'm definitely in on him. And then this is a gut feel. But it kind of goes, remember his real chance to win was at the Wyndham. And you mentioned the Sedgefield correlation. But what about uh, Benny on? Travelers was a miscut, miscut at the Palmetto, but he gained on T to green out off the T approach. Everything was all there. Didn't really get his around the green game going. And that's usually okay. We know his putter is always an issue. But 6,600 is pretty cheap for Benny on too. Even just these names down here, guys that you think could make the cut and have upside. What are your thoughts on Cam Champ and Benny on to round it yeah, up? I think, I think Cam makes sense. He hits it so long. I like that correlation that you're talking about. Could he be this year's Matthew Wolf? Maybe he could be. Uh, Matthew definitely had a little – I think he had better form coming in to this event last year. I mean, Champ's been almost awful. Um, but, I, you know, the way this course sets up, if you could just hit it down there, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't I don't hate that play. Benny on, I'm not really sure, man. I love my Korean brethren, but the guy – I don't, I don't know, know what it is, man. He's just yeah. gone. He's yeah, disappearing I can't, I can't, act. I can't get on them. Maybe a little curry power with Anirban Lahiri. I'll play. There's guys that you can play down here. I mean, shit. Bo Van Pelt was like finished second a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, shit. You know, I mean, like, there's a lot of guys down here, and I expect a lot of these guys to be on top of the leaderboard. McCumber uh, and Haggy. Yeah. You mentioned McCumber, but Haggy's yeah. another guy I'll always play a little bit of. And these are just cheap guys. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to worry about the salary and. One thing that I can, I'll just reiterate for the last time is that when I go down to these guys, it's not so I can go fit in all the dudes in the 9K range that have that name value. That's what I'm trying to say. Just because they fit, that's what everyone's going to do. I'm going to just let it ride and just fit in whatever I like and, and get my pool set up first. And then I'll do some lineups where I just cap it at 49,000 max and just let it roll out and see what it puts in. 47 to 49,000, see what I get. Just an example. But nope. I'm definitely going to take some shots that way this week because there's just too many names at the bottom. And I don't want to be forced into a situation where I nail the guys. Ekro gets there. Cam Champ is the next Matthew Wolf at this event, does his thing. Bryson's just rolling, winning by 10 strokes. And next thing you know, I've got Zalatoris, Neiman, Kokrak, Bubba, all these dudes wrecking my lineups because none of them came through in the clutch. But everyone else did. So it used, you'll see how it goes. I have a feeling it's going to be something just like that. That's just normally I don't get that feeling. This is certainly a spot where I'm bringing those thoughts across. I like those plays. I like it. I like that train of thought. I, I wouldn't mind leaving. I, I'll probably go from like 48.5 to 49.5 uh, when I make my lineups this week is probably the way I'll go about it this week. Cash All right, let's get Cash yep, game player. Uh, yeah. Well, my cash is going to be 49.5. So there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go ahead and um, – Talk about bets. You are bets, bets. Mine, I got Webb, 19 to 1. Wolf, 30 to 1. Woodland, 55 to 1. Strzok, 100 to 1. Hank the Tank, 120 to 1. Kadira, 160 to 1. My God. Just put it all on Bryson next time. I, know, I like right? I like I don't mind them I don't I don't hate them all but yeah I'm I just like I said I only bet two this morning McNeely seventy five to one with the top five each way I think he could break out at some point here so he's someone that you know I think suits it and then Straka I didn't get as good of a number though ninety with the top five each way so yeah uh, and I didn't even bet these guys heavy because I saw the Bryson number right away and I was like I got to decide I, I might just put all the money on Bryson and just see what happens because. I know it's only, like you said, seven to one, seven and a half to one, whatever, but we're depending on where you go. But I think that, uh, you know, instead of chucking 500 or a thousand elsewhere, just put it all in that. You have yourself a really good week when he wins by three plus, even after he makes a bunch of mistakes. You got to think too, the Bryson Brooks beef, even though it probably isn't even a real thing. Here's a spot. He can just pick up an easy win and brag about it a little and act like he's dominating, even though it's literally set up for him to win. Like it's, it's Bryson's, you know, to lose. And it's set up and he should win this thing, but it's still, you know, he's all about that, man. He wants to come out and get a quick W and just say, Hey, but I, I won. You didn't. 
But if, you know, I don't know if Brooks was here, it'd probably be the same way. So who knows? I'm in, I'm Bryson this week. I made the mistake last year of trying to go against the grain and it did not work. So talk about one and done Kenny, and then we can give the news that everyone's been waiting for. And you've been dying to say like six times this podcast. I have been dying to say it. Um, I'm going Norin. I want to, I need to go off the books this week. So I'm going Alexander Norin. Do you know how much money you're at in it? Uh, big one? I, no, I'm I'm I, I've gone down like 800 spots in the last like two months. Yeah, I'm like I was just wondering. Now. I I'm was still like way uh, down. I've gotten to be I, I was I gotten as high as like 135th, and now I'm like 1200 in that in um in Mayo's shit. So I yeah. need to make a move. Need to make a move. Got to go off the wall. Okay, and and you just mentioned it again for like the tenth time. So I'll give my one and done, and then let you discuss, and I'll chime in after the fact. But I like. Uh, some off the board guys that I just wouldn't probably, I'm not going to be heavy on in DFS, but like uh, if you've got, I just don't think many will have Bryson or some of these guys at the top left. I'd like Webb if you had him or Matsuyama, if you somehow had him, Willie Z, I guess you could take a shot on up there. But uh, other than that, like uh, I'm going to go off the board with you. Someone like you mentioned, Noren, I think would be crazy unique and who knows, right? If he gets there, Homa, something like that, like a, that's a, someone you think could actually win this thing or pull it off and get the job done. And that'd be guys like that. And then you could really just look for the unicorn this week and go way down the board. But it's enough about that. Kenny break the news to the people. We are no longer going to be on the Roto grinders network with the podcasts. And we are also no longer going to be just an audio podcast. Go ahead. We are joining Mayo media network. We are joining Pat Mayo and his crew. We will be doing videos every week to go along with the podcast so you will see my beautiful mug every week on youtube for this i bought the camera ready to go excited and pat promised me this i will be on a cuss corner which is like all-time favorite life goals which is sad which is really fucking sad but it's still my life goals always wanted to be on the cuss corner we are joining the mayo media network starting next week so you can watch us on youtube or you can just keep listening to us on the podcast either smash the like button on it once we join all right guys smash the like button guys super super excited as is kenny it'll be cussed versus korean cussed because you've definitely had some cussed moments of your own in the past where you hype a guy up on twitter and then three holes later or even three seconds later he's putting it out of bounds or it literally happens for triple bogey yeah so i'm excited about that but uh yeah kenny got a video camera now he's got a webcam we're gonna be good to go we're gonna get lined up on that starting next week the audio podcast just so you know will be the same available as always all the major networks you'll be able to get that downloaded or whatever you use to download your podcasts all that will be the same we may have a couple different segments we weren't we aren't going to change too much we've talked with mayo about that he's all good with it we're gonna have a lot of fun going forward and super excited about it appreciate everything pat's done and again thanks to roto grinders for everything they've done over the last year i think 13 months we yeah. did there so uh you know definitely really excited appreciate about- roto grinders thank you guys over there for having us on for the last year it's been a joy about as professional as a crew that you can work for uh as possible so really enjoyed that time with those guys with dan and cam um and all those guys so thank you roto grinders for having us on but it's time to move on uh, a little bit of a jump and we get the I, now i gotta like shave and do all this shit this shit sucks but other than that it should be a good time at least i don't have to edit it no more no more editing i'm happy about that uh, but yeah it should be a good time um you know maybe we'll see it you'll see us on some some shows with pat and jeff you know those guys we met them over at the dfs open really great guys it's, it's going to be a pleasure and i think it's going to be a lot of fun working with them at mayo media network now pat has always been my second favorite canadian so this just works out great <laughs> thank you all right tell them where they can find you kenny and we'll get out of oh, here. you can find that's right you can find me on gubscorner.com uh articles should be up already for this week uh if i make any changes to my cascade cornerstones it'll be out on wednesday final betting card you know the funny thing is like you know i had english on that i had henley is one of my favorite plays uh, on gub's corner last week of course he's fucking shit the bed and that shit pissed me off uh but yeah so so make sure you go check it out over at gub's corner we do good work over there the guys over there put it hard when you sign in for a sub you can get, you get a membership to all sports and some of these guys are really fucking good over there on that site, like uh, the MMA guys, the baseball guys, incredible stuff over there at Gump's Corner. Check it out. 
Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Of course, hit me up there if you have any questions or want to reach out. Over at Roto Grinders this week, I got the Tuesday show with Noto and Cards. I've got the Wednesday show with Carlucci. We're going to do that up for the Lineup HQ show. And other than that, good luck this week, guys. All right, so we're into another birdie fest, and thank God the Travelers Championship is over. We're joining the Mayo Media Network. It should be fun. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.